Guys, if you are not doing this one thing, you are missing out. And today, what I want to talk about is having hard conversations with your coaches, with your clients, even with your relationships, because if you can do this correctly, it can completely change the game for you. And who better to interview than someone that I've probably have the world record of hard conversations with? I have Coach Madison here. She's been with me for seven plus years, and I think recorded, we have three trillion hard conversations <laughs> at least. So I'm really pumped about this because I think it's such a special topic, one. Yeah. And two, I think I probably did have the most hard conversations with you. And I want to unpack, one, the benefits of it, and then two, like what it's like and why it's so important. And I want to dive in. I'm going to go hard mode. Normally, I fire... <laughs> I fire really easy ones just to kind of get the people going, but I know what Madison's capable of. And Well, and we have hard conversations, so why perfect. not get right into it? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I've had plenty of coaches. Yes. Probably 30 to 40 coaches. And to be quite honest, I think 90% of my coaches are males. It's yeah. just you and Brenda. Mm -hmm. And I've had too many to count in terms of hard conversations. The big question is why haven't you left me yet? <laughs> why haven't you left me yet with all of our hard conversations? Because I've had hard conversations with people and it's one time and it's over. Yeah. Right? Or it's two times and then they can't handle it. Yeah. You keep coming back. Mm -hmm. Right? <laughs> yeah. What is why? <laughs> I don't understand. Um. I mean, it's, that's kind of like a loaded question because there's yeah. there's different facets as to why I didn't leave. Mm -hmm. And um, as soon as you asked that question, the first thing that came to me was because it's you. So yeah. I've worked many different jobs um, with many different people that are managers and people, you know, have worked over me. Um, and there was something about you. I don't know if it was the energy or if it was the person that you were, but I've never had someone come with a sense of understanding like you. Yeah. And so when I started working for you, I even would go home and be like, Taylor, I don't know, this guy doesn't seem real. Yeah. Like he's under, every time like there's things that are going on, if I feel like I can't come in and coach, if my energy is off, um, yeah. if I don't feel good, he's like, take the day. Like you don't need to be coming in all the time. Um, like if we need to sit down and have a conversation, we'll have a conversation. And you were just so patient and kind with everything. And I was like, to have this person be my boss, why would I leave that? Yeah. Um, so that was kind of like the first stepping stone. So when I first met you, for me, it was just this awakening moment of there are people like this out there right. that actually care about the people that work for them. Mm -hmm. And they're not just throwing them around like beanie bags. Yeah. Um, so that was number one. Like that in my head was like, that's He's why kind. I want to work here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I think the reason why for me, the second facet to this mm -hmm. was – a little story, I was ta talking to Taylor about this last night because when we were talking about this question, mm -hmm. and I was never a hard conversation person growing up. Mm -hmm. um, when someone would come at me with hard conversations, I would shut down and I would go like ghost mode. I don't know if you ever had that, but like someone comes up to you and you just go in full defense mode, you shut down, you're emotionless, yeah. and you're just staring off into the oblivion. That's who I was with hard conversations for a very long time. Um, because I didn't like people challenging me. I didn't like the idea of what I was thinking and saying was wrong. Mm -hmm. um, my ego would feel it hard and it would just flare up. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And so that that was how I was. Mm-hmm. And you saw a little bit of that when I first started with it's you. At least fifty percent of our hard conversations you yes. shut down like that. Yes. yes. And I yeah, and I still do that. Um mm-hmm. but it's a little better now in comparison. Um so the story that that I kind of had was when I worked at Starbucks, this was the first time I had a hard conversation with a boss. Yeah. Right. And um I came in late, probably my second or third time that I showed up late to my shift. Mm-hmm. And my manager called me back and mm-hmm. she told me, um, you get like three three lates and then the next one's going to be- You're out. Well, yeah. Well, it's um, like, what is it? Like you're written written up and then your fourth one is you're out, right? Okay. You get fired. Yep. And so she said, you can't be late anymore. I can't have you showing up late to your shift. And my first response was, it's not my fault- yeah. Um, when I leave, I leave at the time I'm supposed to leave, but then I get stuck behind a train yeah. and I can't control the train. And mm-hmm. so I can't get here on time on those days. And she looks at me and goes, you can control when you leave. So leave yeah. earlier. And in that moment, I just wanted to like, like I could feel myself getting mad, like trying yeah. to defend myself. And I went, shit, she's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All I have to do is leave earlier. Yeah. Um, and so from then on out, I started thinking like, what other thoughts do I have that are lies I'm telling myself? Mm-hmm. And what do I not know because I'm not having these conversations with people? Yeah. And so that was kind of like my first stepping stone into what hard conversations are. Right. So when I got to you, all you did and all you still do is call me out my bullshit all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's great for me because what yeah. it gave me the chance to do was start to become curious about why I feel about things that you say. Right. Right. So when you'd call me out on like how I was coaching or the way I was interacting or things that I was messing up on that I needed to work on, first and Mm -hmm. foremost, you never were like, hey, you sucked at this. Um, Mm -hmm. It was always like, hey, when you did this, how did this feel? Like, Did you feel like this was the best option for you in this scenario? Mm -hmm. So it was never like you beating me down telling me I sucked. It was always you asking me questions so that I could basically answer them myself. Yeah. Um, and then as you would start asking these questions and I would answer them, I would start feeling like, oh God, I know exactly where he's yeah. going with this. And I know what this is going to end up being. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was a different type of conversation when Art you and I started having it. Um, yeah. But it just gave me this curiosity for who am I? Why do I think the way I think? And why do I have these feelings when he calls me out on things and tells me things that I need to work on? Why do I get mad? Why do I feel frustrated? Why do I feel like he's attacking me? Mm-hmm. Um, and so then it would give me a chance to step away and be like, okay, so I'm feeling all these feelings. And in the beginning, I was like, it must be because he's wrong. Like he's yeah. he's he's challenging something and he's not right. So I'm mad about it. Mm-hmm. But then I started thinking like, but what if he's right? What if I feel this way because there's things he's saying that has truth behind them? Yeah. And so I started sitting with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why I stuck around because I've noticed like, when I mean, we know who I used to be versus who I am now, yeah. right? Like I was more or less a trash coach and I had absolutely... <laughs> No thought in my head of I should yeah. be a personal trainer someday and I should work with people all the time mm-hmm. um, to becoming someone that I really am proud of for who I am today. And yeah. a lot of it was because of things that we talked about. Exactly. Um, and so even though I might take things, you know, personally really sometimes hard. and I'll shut down sometimes. Yeah. Now, instead of shutting down and not listening, it's shutting down and starting to ask myself because you'll speak and then I'll get mad. And then instead of being like, I'm so mad at him, I'll be like, why do I feel like this? What is he saying that's 
irking me, that's hitting my ego, that's creating this reaction, yeah. and why is it creating this reaction? And so it went from me just shutting down and being angry to me now asking these questions to myself. Mm-hmm. And so if I had left, I would not be this person. And there's a totally yeah. different human being out there that I could have been, but I don't yeah. want to know who that person was mm-hmm. because the fact that we've had these conversations has built me into someone that I am very proud of. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited. I get excited now for our conversations. Yeah. So. so for the audience that don't know this about Madison, she's probably one of my most productive trainers and coaches. She's the closest to me. And what I mean by that is like, the reason why I'm extremely hard on you is because you're so close. And I want you to know what I feel and understand. You're the closest that's going to understand the type of things that I'm talking about. So we were talking about this. You're like, why are you always like that to me? I was like, it's it's like when we're both working out and you know you're blowing everybody else out of the water, right? Mm-hmm. And then you don't want to like, but then there's someone that's just like a f- one round behind you. And if they just did this technique, they would be ch- running alongside you. Yeah. And then when they're running alongside you, what it forces me to do is it forces me to go faster and harder, right? So I always look at the person in terms of like, Will this hard conversation move them forward? And I think one of the underlining things that you 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 touched up on was I was kind at first. Yeah. And I think at the, the time we hired you, I was like, Madison, this is going to be our best conversation at the start. Everything moving forward from here is going to be pretty hard. Yeah. And I think that's- I do remember yeah. you saying that. Yeah. And, 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 and people are like, oh, this guy's just going to be so nice. But I was like, no, this is, this is the best. Yeah. Everything else moving forward is going to be kind of hard. Yeah. And initially at first, to be quite honest, I think I was, I, I did the like, hey, nice shoes, but your form sucks. Yeah. Right. I the think sandwich, that was compliment sandwich. the compliment sandwich. <laughs> and that's what it started out with. Yeah. And eventually when I started to understand how powerful you are and how strong you are and how you understand it. I never gave you the compliment anymore. Yeah, the veil yeah. just went away. The veil just went away. <laughs> yeah. And uh and and I think I think I think there's a threshold when you start to see people take the hard conversations and they get stronger from it. You can take the you can take the cool stuff out. Yeah. In fact, I was like I think there was a conversation. I was like, "Madison, you're not as hot shit as you think you are." Yeah. And then you were like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> well, there I mean, you- <laughs> In all, in all kindness uh, to everybody out there, just know that Royce and I love each other very much. Yeah, uh, but he's yeah. called me a little bitch multiple times. <laughs> yeah. <that laughs> was... Like, stop being a little bitch. I'm like, oh, damn it. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, I think I didn't say it exactly. It's <laughs> like that. Jeez. Um, but, but yes. Yeah. There was a scenario where, where I think your grit could have been stronger. Yep. You know, it was like calling off for certain things. And I'm like, Madison, this is. This is, you got, this is it. Yeah. I didn't even have a question. No. I just let you vet. And then eventually you got, you, you found out that I was like, I just need to stop being this. Yeah. Well, that's, and I think too, it was one of those times when you're like, this is now where you can plateau or you can level up. It's your choice. Right. Um, And that's where that came in. It's like, you were like, okay, so you choose. Exactly. You want to suck or do you want to be better? Right. Yeah. so really quick, I know. So now there's these massive advantages. Yeah, we know there's going to be massive advantages moving forward. When we tested your grit, you were like, "Okay, I'm going to work through it," and then you got stronger. Mm-hmm. 
you're like, maybe I'm not the best trainer. Let me go back and explore this. Oh, he's right. He's true. I'm not, I'm not accessing my full potential as an effective trainer, as an effective coach. And you went back and did that. Yeah. Why do you think it's so hard for people to have hard conversations? This was a great question. Yeah. Um, Honestly, I think a lot of it just comes down to, I don't know if this is going to get too deep, but we as human beings are born and raised a certain way, mm-hmm. right? So like we're raised by our parents, we're raised by friends that we're around. Um, so we have these specific beliefs in who we are. Mm-hmm. And I think hard conversations can be too difficult for some people mm-hmm. because instead of looking at the world as an open book of what do I not know and how can I be better, we look mm-hmm. at it as they're wrong and I'm right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that puts up a wall. It puts up a wall to push yourself, to allow your boundaries to be stretched, mm-hmm. um, and to get yourself into a situation where you're uncomfortable and being okay with it. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, that's what our world is anymore. It's just I'm wrong, you're right. Yeah. Um, and so as soon as someone challenges your belief, instead of asking them why, it's officially putting up a wall and saying, I'm done. I'm not having this conversation. You're making me uncomfortable and that's not okay. Right. Instead of being like, why am I uncomfortable? And asking yourself, like in this situation, why am I uncomfortable with the words that are coming out of this person's mouth? Mm-hmm. And then asking questions. Yeah. Um, like for an example, one thing that when we've had multiple coaches that have felt this way. Um, but like when we ask people like, Hey, make sure that you're texting your members and checking in with them. And when we've had coaches that have been like, that's a boundary for me, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, and they put it up hard Mm -hmm. instead of asking like, okay, so what's a way that I can communicate with my members and my clients that doesn't like, doesn't push that boundary. Right. right? Um, so instead of being like, this is my hard boundary, I'm done. It's Mm -hmm. asking, okay, so if I need to have contact with them, what's a different way that I can do it? Yeah. And asking questions, right? right? Um, like, for example, for me, I have an app on my phone that's a different phone number, and mm-hmm. I use it strictly for work work stuff. Right. And so all of my clients, all of our members have that number because if something was to happen and I didn't work here anymore or I felt like um, people were harassing me, I could just mm-hmm. delete the app and it's gone. Right. Right. Or you can probably do it through social media or email. There's so many ways. But instead of just that, asking yeah. – how can I do this differently mm-hmm. so it's not crossing my hard boundary? Mm-hmm. They go right into I can't do it, yeah. right? And there's yeah. no there's no curiosity in in that at all. Yeah. They that particular scenario they use past experiences of sharing numbers, but they didn't have a buffer to do it, or or they didn't have the opportunity to say why that's such an important piece. Yeah. And when we say following up with your clients, it doesn't mean you're you're texting them an essay, which I've seen yeah. you do before. I was like, yeah. Madison. I know. <laughs> you just tell them hi and bye. Yeah. And you just tell them thank you for coming to my class. That's yeah. it. You don't give them a dissertation. You just want to let them know that it was so You're funny. thinking yeah. about them. You're thinking about them. Yeah. It was so funny. You're like, well, how are you messaging hundreds of clients? And I'm like, and you're like, you're just, you're just saying hi. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I know. Yeah. And that's all it is. Yep. That's the boundary, and that's what I set. Now, if they say something a little bit more personal, then I'm like, dude, I, I, I think this is above my pay grade. Yeah. Right? Or like, hey, let's yeah. talk about it when I see you next. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. if it's very long, 
and, and chances are when you're following up that frequently, you'll never get to that big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It only happens when you don't have those contacts. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the other side is just making sure that you have your own boundaries. Like, like people will text me at seven or eight or nine or 10 and I won't answer or two. I'll answer yeah. it for that moment and be like, and I'll say it this way. Like, Hey, listen, is, I think you should do it X, Y, and Z. Have a good night. I'm going to spend the rest of my time with my family. Yeah. And then they they get it. Yep. And then moving forward, what ends up happening is they don't text that late. They're like, oh, I'm so sorry for bothering you. Don't worry, man. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I was like, no worries. I, like, it happens. But you have a good night. I'm going to go hang out with my family. Yeah. Because then there you have your hard boundary. But then mm-hmm. you also had the curiosity of, well, how can I create this so that it's not outside of what I want to do? Right. Um, and that's, that's a whole different thought process. Because again, yeah. most people – at least the ones that we have seen and talked with, right? Not yeah. everybody, I know that. Um, but we'll be very black and white in their thinking. It's either I will do it or I won't. Mm-hmm. It's never a, there's a gray area. Yeah. How can we create this in a scenario where you're putting this into your life and you don't feel like it's crossing boundaries or pushing you past where you know that you should or shouldn't go? Exactly. Um, it's just, no. Like you asked me that, I'm not going to do that. And yeah. it's at that point, for us, right, when we have coaches or people that we work with, at that point we're like, if you can't be even curious about why we're even asking you to do this yeah. um, and what it means to your members and your clients and the value you're bringing, mm-hmm. how can we have you here? It's true. Yeah. yeah. And we have so many conversations. Yep. And I think you have to educate your people first too. Oh, for of, sure. Instead of creating that expectation. Like we'll yeah. have that conversation like, hey, listen, what makes us different from global gyms and personal training and semi-private is attention to detail and service. Yep. You can't text 10,000 people at a big global gym, Mm -hmm. but you can text 10 people at semi-private. Yeah. You know, it's not asking a lot. In most of these semi-private gyms, it's less than 100 people. Yeah. And then in your classes, if you're evening, it's less than 20. 25 people that you have to know and understand. Yep. Right, like those are just some some of the smaller nuggets for sure. Yeah. Here's one of the reasons why I think it's hard. It's hard one for the person that's receiving it, but it's also hard for me mm-hmm. because I know going into it, I'm going to be pouring into it, and it's hard for me too because I know they're going to come in with their walls up and they're going to attack me back. Yeah. Right. And it's also hard because you know, at the potential, two things can happen. One is when you have that hard conversation, you can have a breakthrough. Yep. And it's going to be amazing. That's like the positive scenario. Or two, which is very likely as well, is you have a breakup, right? They can't handle that type of truth and honesty and that coaching at that moment. And then you lose them. Yeah. Right? So as a person going and be like, you know what? I'm going to have this hard conversation. This could be a potential. And then I'm like, shoot. Right. Yeah. So, so you have to like carefully craft, carefully like set up that situation in a way where it's impactful. And I think that's what requires a lot of energy. And we've had, I've had some, some of the best hard conversations that I had gave me more energy back. And then some completely depleted my soul. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So I want to like dive into that. Which ones do you think destroy your soul going into a hard conversation and which ones actually like, well, actually that was freaking cool. Oh, so I mean, in, in the very direct answer to that, the ones that break me down are the ones that you go in 
and you feel like you're just attacking the person. Because mm-hmm. even if you're asking the questions, they put up the wall. And so then you feel like you have to try to break the wall down. Right. And so then you're just giving and giving and giving and trying to ask all the right questions and guide them, but you get nothing in return. Right. Um, or in return, you get like, stop challenging me. I'm not okay with this. This isn't okay. Yeah. Like, why are you saying this to me? Like, mm-hmm. that's not what I'm doing. You know, all the defensiveness that comes up. Or they or they point it to an entirely separate problem. Yeah, like it's right? actually this person's fault or this thing's fault. I had yeah. no fault of my own. What's that book? The book that we that you told me to read a long time ago. Crucial conversations. Maybe? No, the one. Um, like it's always. It's always your fault. Yeah. Extreme what is, ownership. Yeah, extreme ownership. Yeah. Um, and that to me was a book that like completely changed my thinking mm-hmm. and a sense of understanding that. And you, I mean, you always are like this. You're, every single time something happens, you're like, what could I have done better, mm-hmm. right? You never pointing the finger at anybody. And so, so it's fine. the same type of thing. But when you deal with someone in a conversation, it's a hard conversation. And all they're doing is pointing the fingers at everybody else because they don't want to take ownership for anything that they could or couldn't have done. Mm-hmm. Or even if they don't know what they could or couldn't have done, asking like, okay, so in this situation, what is something that I may or may not have been able to do that I didn't do? Yeah. Um, that's like, those are the conversations that I think are the hardest when people aren't willing to be. To take ownership. Yeah. To put yeah. themselves into the shoes of what could I have done better. Yeah. And then you have the conversations that are so filling, mm-hmm. which is the ones that I think, the, I, I like to think you and I have yeah. majority of the time. I know it's not all the time, but the majority, the majority of the time. Majority of them instantly. Yes. Some of them feed my cup Over time. after like two weeks. You're like, she's doing it. When I come back, and yeah. And she's like, hey, by the way, I tried it and it worked. And it worked, yeah. And all of a sudden, I'm better. I'm like, yeah. Yes. Okay. But th- those are the conversations that we love to have, Yeah. right? They're the ones that, and you come in, I think, also with a good side, because there's been a couple, and the, like the most recent one I know where it was just, you and I were both not on the same page. Mm-hmm. Um, but looking back, it was a great conversation afterwards that we were able yeah. to have because of it. Yeah. Um, but it's the idea of like you come in and I come in and you're asking all the great questions and I'm open to all the questions and I'm answering them um, with mm-hmm. honesty. And then when you say something that irks me, instead of lashing out, then I'm able to sit and think about, okay, so why am I feeling this way? Um, yeah. So those are the conversations that we leave and it's like high energy, I feel good. Exactly. Right? Because it's back and forth the whole time. No one is blaming. No one is angry. Everyone is just curious, asking questions, and there for growth. Yeah. Right? So it's like when you say, what are some things I could have done? Instead of me saying, well, so-and-so didn't do this. It's me saying, okay, so let's sit and think about this. Like, what could I have done in this situation? Even if it's a situation that maybe I don't feel like I could have changed. Right. There's always a way that I could have in some way, shape, or form. So how yeah. can we get there? And those are the cup-filling conversations. Those are the ones that you leave and you're like, yes. And that's why I get excited about our conversations now because I feel like the majority of them are in that that yeah. way where we both leave and we're like, high five. We did it. Like it's we had true. a great conversation. It's okay? Yeah. Uh, they can't hear that. Okay. Yeah, they can hear that. It's just the, it's just the ricochet on the back. Okay. Sorry guys, I got this is what happens when you're in a gym. People want to make gains. <laughs> but I don't think that I don't think they knew uh Madison and I were in here. That's, we're in here. Oh yeah. So just proves to you where we're at. Yeah. Gym. I literally I literally had a hard conversation with him right now. <laughs> nah, I'm just a kidding. two second. <laughs> no, he was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I was like, dude, don't worry about it's it. It's fine. I, yeah, we were we were hidden. <laughs> okay, so I wanted to I wanted to touch up on something because you said something uh just prior to that of like going into it. Cause I, th- I think a lot of times you can, you can reduce their defenses really, really quickly, 
by going into the conversation saying, hey, Madison, first off, before we really start to dive into anything, I apologize. I didn't do my part as a manager to really, really teach you this concept. So everything's on me. Yeah. And I think it really reduces it. And what's, what's interesting is when you set up a hard conversation that way, they're like, no, this is my fault. Right? Yeah. But I think when you go into this is like a practical one. So if you guys want to like understand to take notes, if you're if you want to do a hard conversation, set the conversation that it's your fault. Yeah. This is the emotional intelligence that James was talking about. Yeah. Yep. So I'm like, Madison, I'm so sorry I failed you as a mentor. But you suck, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So but you suck at this. <laughs> and I think I and it really just sets a tone. That was just an an over kind of elaborated way to do it. Yeah. But that that's that's essentially like how you want to start that. I think that's so important instead of just going into attack mode, which I've done in the past, by the way. That's why I don't have 50 coaches. Yeah. I've done this the wrong ways too. So for those of you guys, my past coaches, I'm sorry. <laughs> but my heart was in the right place. Um, but but I think so when you start when you start having these hard conversations. You, you might not be able to control the outcome. Yeah. But I like to do them in a place where you're like, okay, I'm doing this because I care about the person. Yeah. And I know what they're capable of, which is the relationship of what a coach is. You know what their potential is. Is it going to benefit them? Is it going to be- benefit their clients? Is it going to benefit the business? Is it going to benefit you? That's where I cling on to when I have these conversations. And I have hundreds of them with you because I truly deeply believe that, that this person that's in front of me can do things that I probably can't. And I'm going to squeeze out everything that I can from her. And I'm willing to take her hate for one or two weeks, but I'm going to do it because I care. Right. And I think that's what uh, Taylor said in the last question, because I always ask a question like, what is your favorite attribute about a coach? Mm -hmm. And he said, love. It kind of threw me off, and I was like, "Man, what, what, what is he going to say about this?" Yeah, and it wasn't more of the uh, the compassionate side, like caring, love. He talked about his his dad, yeah, and how his dad. I mean, he'd have good games, he'd have bad games, he'd have good games, but he would never talk about the good stuff. Mm-hmm. It was like you dropped your shoulder, you could have threw this, you could have hit this ball. It was never something good. Mm-hmm. And for that years in college, in high school, in pros, you you put yourself in this place of possibly being resented on yeah. for years because of this feedback that you're going to give. And that's the stuff that I don't think they don't talk about. Yeah. We, we a lot of, at least for me, I, I know going into it that this person is going to hate me. Yeah. This person is going to at least dislike me for a for, for sh- or it could be years. Yeah. My son's going to hate me for not letting him go out and drinking and driving for years. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like, that's the hard part. That's yeah. what makes it hard. Not just that instant, the repercussions of how much they're going to despise you. Because mm-hmm. I despised my parents for so long. And now I'm like, this guy loved me. Yeah. He didn't. Do, he just didn't have the same skills that I have now. Yeah. Right? So, what are your thoughts on that, real quick? Um. So I kind of like. I think everybody shows love in their own way. 
And I think because we've had the conversation before of like feedback, right? Not all feedback you get is something that you want to hear. Mm -hmm. But you know if someone's giving you any feedback, they care in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, otherwise. Otherwise they wouldn't give it to you, right? And so like for you, I want you to know like straight up, the reason why, another reason why I stuck around is because Mm -hmm. like you and Tara became family to me so fast. And right. so even if there was things that you would say to me that would make me mad or frustrated or angry, I knew that behind it was love and compassion and it was belief. Because if it mm-hmm. wasn't, you would have fired me a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Like if you would give me this feedback and then, you know, if you, okay, so if you give me the feedback and I listen to it and I do things better and I grow, right? Yeah. Then every time you give me feedback, I know it's just because you want me to grow. If you didn't want me here, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. So I know that the things that you say to me are things that come out of a place of compassion and love because I'm still sitting here in this seat, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I think that's another, like when you're talking about, yeah. um, even when like with Taylor and his dad, it's like that that was his dad's way of showing love. Exactly. It's like, I care enough about you to want to help you to grow, right? Right. And maybe in the moment you don't see it that way, mm-hmm. but that's like his dad would have said, just quit baseball if he really didn't believe in him. Yeah. Right. But he didn't say that. He said, said this is things that you can do and that you can fix. It may not be what we wanted to hear in the moment. And maybe it wasn't the best way to give it to you. Yeah. But if someone's giving you feedback, if someone's there to help you and they want you to grow, even if it's not coming from a place of happiness in the moment, you know that they care about you. Otherwise, they wouldn't be giving you that feedback. Yeah. So. This is your last shift. Did you know that? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. That's why we're having this. You're gone. Yeah. So I wanted to unpack that because you said family. And I, I honestly believe that hard conversations multiple times, if you do this right, it can it can build these in- extreme connections. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel the exact same way. We have had so much hard conversations. I think I'm closer to you in a lot more ways than my little brother, than my big brother, because I know everything about you and you know everything about me. It's like you can read my mind sometimes. You're just like, dude, go home. Yeah. He's like, are you ready for like massive self-care? Because I'm going to be gone. And I'm like, she knows. <laughs> right? So it's like, I think I think that's the beauty of this. That's why people should have hard conversations because you're going to be – there's you're going to be forging some family connections yep. that's going to be so hard to break. Yep. I think we've done so many. It's, it's going to be hard to break you. Mm-hmm. And that's why I just go. I just go ahead and attack you. I don't even. I don't even say. There's no the nicety good stuff. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what I would want with me and my brother. I'll tell him straight up. Yeah. There's no niceties, right? But, but we forge such a relationship. And if you do this right, one, and you do it often, and it's coming from a good place, you are going to build a connection not only with your coach, but with your clients. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like the big, big thing with coaching and client relationship. Yeah. Are you willing to tell them that they're messing up? Yep. Because I think it's everything. Yep. It's what saved me in a lot of my my at least my PT businesses. Yeah. Having these hard conversations. How has that impacted the client and the coaching? Cuz now I'm I'm showing you what a hard conversation is like. How often now are you having hard conversations with your people? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to – really quick, I'm going to correct something that you said because yeah. I know that you would want me to because you did the same thing to me. Okay. It's not about going at them and telling them what they're doing wrong. It's about going yeah. into the conversation and saying, these are the things that I messed up on. Yeah. And so now I want to clarify with you so we can get you back on track. Okay. Right? So yeah. like when I – a couple of my clients that I have that I work with, um, 
it's the idea of when we and I have hard conversations about my clients, yeah. which because, you know, when we first started, it was hard conversations about my coaching, right? It was yeah. hard conversations about connecting with people. Now it's hard conversations about my personal training mm-hmm. um, and what, what I'm doing with my clients. But that's mm-hmm. one big thing that before I go into any hard conversation, I think about what could I have done differently? What did I miss? What did I not clarify on? What questions did I not ask? Like yeah. right now I'm in a space where my thing I'm practicing is how can I ask more questions? Because right. I found myself talking. I would talk a lot. Like I would tell people what to do. I would say, this is where we're, me- like this is where you're mess- messing up. This is what you're doing wrong. And then yeah. I started being like, I need to stop that because mm-hmm. now all I'm doing is speaking. I'm not trying to understand anything that's, my- that's going on with my client outside of what we're doing. Right. And so the hard conversations for me now look like me coming in and saying, I apologize. These are this, this, and this are things that I have been messing up on or that I haven't been able to keep up with you on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to apologize for that. And so I want to double check with you and see, are there anything that you like, any of these things that you need clarification on, any of these things that you need help with? What are questions that you have for me? And then I start asking them questions to clarify some of yeah. the things that we are missing instead of going in and just talking. Because for a yeah. while, that's all I did. Yeah. Um, and I saw a huge hole because some of my clients weren't seeing results. And I would go home and be like, what are they not doing? And then I was like, wait, what am I not doing? Mm. Like, I could ask, like, what are they not doing all day long? But if I'm not doing things to make sure that what they need to be doing is being done to the best of their ability, then I'm the one that's messing up. It's not them. I'm the one that's not doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. So when I go into the conversation, I've already had this conversation with myself going into the conversation. Mm-hmm. I know the holes that I have, and I understand that the majority of what's happening or not happening in their case is because of those holes that I didn't know about previously because mm-hmm. I was saying all the wrong things and not asking any of the right questions. Yeah. Or maybe you have. You've been saying the right things, but I think you're right. Like it, it's very, It's more impactful when they decide. Yes. Like, it can and that's be a, a hard yeah. thing for me right now yeah. to understand is mm-hmm. allowing them to make the decisions and come to their own conclusions. Mm-hmm. That's hard to do sometimes. Exactly. And there's a, I think there's a reason for it too. So when you look at, because I ask you a lot of questions and it's intentional. Mm-hmm. It's intentional because I think you're a leader. And if you want to scale your impact and you're you're the one that's supposed to press the button every single time or tell somebody else to press the button a single time you're going to wear yourself thin yeah but if you it's harder because now they have to think you have to see them like break their identities you have to see them kind of become anxious for the time being but when they do decide that this is the right thing i don't have to decide for you yeah you can lead I think that's like the most important critical thing. And that's why we always talk about curiosity being one of our most important values is because it creates leaders. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I think best practices, if you're a coach, you want your people to own their lives. You want them to lead their lives. And the way you do that is just by asking hard questions. One, I had one just just instantly. He was like, I gained five pounds. And instantly, I'm like, okay, let's 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 cut your carbs. Let's do this. And I yeah. asked her a bunch of questions. It's like, cool. What what's what's our steps like? Well, I did this. How many workouts did we get? It's like, well, I got five workouts. Awesome. Are we hitting proteins really really well too? And they're like, yeah, I'm getting my proteins. Those are the easy part. And then she's like, but I'm eating about six or seven carbs a day. 
fist size. Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh. Okay, yeah, that can that can significantly impact it a little bit. Yeah. What's the game plan for next week? And then and then they're like, I'm gonna go three. Right? I'm gonna mm-hmm. do three. It's like, let's do it. Let's track it and let's observe what happens. Yeah. And oftentimes when they hit this protocol, guess what happens? Their weight starts to change again. Yeah. But they decided and I wasn't there to attack. Yep. And then when they when she does that, the follow-up, this is an important piece, the follow-up, right? When they actually make success, I think this is a critical part of the hard conversation, is you place it that you didn't do it. Yes, correct. I think that's the that's the other thing that people miss. There's mm-hmm. a follow-up after the hard conversation, and you give them that ownership, yep. right? You say thank you to me for – you said this multiple times. I was like, Madison, I didn't do anything. You always had this skill. I just had to show it. God, you and Nick are the yeah. same, and it makes me so mad. Like, I, I want to thank you guys so bad, and you're like, don't thank us. Like, oh my gosh, let me thank you, please. Yeah, Because I, I wouldn't it. be the person that I am today if mm-hmm. I hadn't met you. Yeah. And that's the point that I like to take with you. But I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. I just needed to clarify that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're right. I Like, that's a weakness of ours is taking yeah. on a gift because a thank you is a gift. And it's like, no, I don't want your gift. Let me throw that away. Yeah. I'm not even throwing it away. Mm-hmm. It's just letting – it's like um, mm-hmm. my client last night when I sent that win. That was awesome. Yeah. yeah. And he's, he's thanking yeah. me for loving his body. And it's like yeah. – you are the one that did all the work. Like right. I can sit here and talk my mouth off, but if you don't put the effort in and the work in, yeah. you're not going to see change and you did it. Yeah. And so I know that that's where you're getting with that is yeah. like letting them know like you're the one who took the action. You made the decision. You're the one that comes in. You're the one that's doing all the things you need to do. Yeah, I'm not there right. feeding you. I'm mm-hmm. not there cutting up your food. I'm mm-hmm. not there, you know, grabbing your, your arms to do bicep curls for you, mm-hmm. right? You're the one that's doing all this action you're doing the hard work you're yeah. putting in the sweat i'm just like, telling you what to we're do. literally just we're the guide mm-hmm. when the story whole story brand book that yeah. you had me read we're the guide that's yeah. that's our job that's yeah. it you're you're you are your own hero in your story and yeah. we're just here to help guide you it sounds like it's a bad business practice telling them that they can actually do that do it themselves but when you position it this way how much more impactful is your business because now you position it dude you don't even need me Yep. Because we don't want we don't want them forever. Like that's mm-hmm. the thing is I don't I love all my clients and yeah. I would if I could rewind time and start over with them, I would. But I do not want them forever. I want them to get to a point where they're like, I got this. And I'm like, yes, you do. Yeah. Because you've learned everything. You've taken all the action. You understand. You made the decisions, right? I didn't yeah. make the decisions for you. I asked the right questions to guide you to where you needed to go, but you are officially your own hero. You have saved yourself. Congratulations. You can go. Right? Like you can do this on your own now. You don't need me. Like that's our job is to not have people need us for their whole lives. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a that's a that's a big hole. People are Mm -hmm. like, well, you want to keep them. No, I don't. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And here's what's really cool about that. Madison has this heart to do that. But ironically, when you do that, you're like, hey, good job. I got you. You lost 20 pounds. Congratulations. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. And then they're like, but I got a new goal. Yep. And I think true. that's I think that's what happens when you come with that intention. Yeah. And it's feeding both ends because now you're like, I'm excited. It's a different goal. Yeah. Okay. And then two for them, they're like, no, I, w- I like tackling dragons with this other knight. Yeah. I don't want to do this myself. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It's it's huge. Yeah. It's it's I think that's like something that 
not a lot of trainers do. Not a lot of owners do. Mm -hmm. I've never once was like, don't open a gym and compete with me. I'm always like, you need to do it. Yeah. It's like, how can I help you? Yeah. Like how you, can you, you do are, it faster? You are the kind of person that would, like if I told you like, I'm going to go open my own gym, which we've talked about that. Yeah. And you're like, okay, let me help you. Like yeah. you're never like, um, like now I feel like you're betraying me. Yeah. No, you're going, okay, so what are some steps that we can do to yeah. get you to doing that? Um, yeah. And not many people are willing to do that. But you're yeah. so right with the training thing. It's there are people that continue to come back and it's not for, if we do our job right, it's never for the same goal. Mm -hmm. It's always because they just enjoy the training and they know that we can get them to where they need to go. So they're like, all right, next, I want to get my first muscle up. Let's do it. Next, yeah. I want to deadlift two times my weight. Yeah. Let's do it. And then the goals yeah. just keep building. And it changes. It's, sometimes it's not physical. Sometimes yeah, it's, it's just like, hey, Royce, dude, I, I just know I need to work out. I'm going to go through a season in my life where my stress is really going to be high. I just need to survive this. Yep. And then you're like, done, right? We just got to get here and sweat, burn calories, make sure you're alive and you're taking care of yourself so you can handle this season. Yep. And then there's no expectation for- For the results the, side. Yeah. It's just, I'm just here. And I've, and I've had clients like that too. Yeah. And honestly, it's kind of fun when you have clients like that. Yeah. I like those clients because they're yeah. doing it for their health. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I want to sum up one of the questions because I think yep. we've had three trillion hard conversations. And one of the questions, they're like, what kind of hard conversations were you guys having? <laughs> so the question is like, what is one of the hardest conversations that we've had to date that's that, that, oh, hey, that it was handled well or, or maybe yeah. not well? That is now like- it's part of me now. It's something that I that it's like it's it's just made me better. Oh my gosh. It's like you telling me to go to a beach and say, pick the grain of sand you think yeah. is the prettiest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> ah. Which one? I don't even I wanna replay it back because I, I wanna remember. God, what a question. Um This is what we do. I know, but I'm trying to think like which one? I don't even. Honestly, I think the one that really opened my eyes and made me start asking questions was the recent one mm -hmm. that we had with you, me, and my client, mm -hmm. where we sat down and we talked about like either the breakthrough or the breakup. Mm -hmm. um, because I've never done that. Like mm -hmm. that was, you and I have had conversations so many conversations throughout the last six, six and a half years that we have known each other. Yeah. Um, but never one where I've had a client in the conversation with us and you've yeah. guided us through the conversation. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think that life changing wise, that was like the best conversation we had. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think like the one that I always will remember and I, mm -hmm. and I was even telling Taylor, I don't remember exactly what it was that we were talking about. I don't know if it was just because I was in a bad space Mm -hmm. um, but you'll remember this one. It was back at uh, Mountain's Edge, mm -hmm. and you and I were sitting down talking. You had asked me some questions, and I had shut down, mm -hmm. and you were just sitting there. We probably sat there for 10 minutes mm -hmm. in silence because I didn't yeah. want to speak, and Tara walked in, mm -hmm. and she instantly started crying because all she felt was the tension in the room because I was <laughs> so tense. Do you remember this? Oh yeah. I like she walked in, she started crying. She goes, "What is going on in here?" And it was just silent. And as soon as yeah. she said, "What is going on in here?" I started crying. 
mm-hmm. because I had just been holding all of this stress. And I'm thinking the conversation was I was having difficulty in something, whether it was coaching or I think it was your self care. That's but that's what it ended up being. Yeah. yeah. Because it had been, thank you. I'm glad that you remembered this. Because it yeah. had been a couple months after Taylor had left mm-hmm. and I was by myself and I was feeling really stressed and I didn't feel like I had anyone to open up to or talk to because mm-hmm. he had been gone. And so a lot of it was me missing him and I wasn't doing anything for myself. Mm-hmm. And so those two things together just put me into like a bomb state where I was like a ready ready to erupt. And at the moment, mm-hmm. I didn't know why. And then when Tara came in and she asked that question, I started crying. Yeah. And then you were like, okay, so why are we crying? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, because I miss Taylor and I'm yeah. so stressed and I'm tired. Yeah. And then that's when we started talking about the whole self-care thing. But that was one that always sticks in my head because I just remember the tension that was in that room to the mm-hmm. point where when Tara walked in just – instant mm-hmm. that's one that i would just won't forget because it just makes me laugh i'm like yeah that's just like a pinnacle of our hard conversations of how many times we've sat in silence because went. i put up a wall and i've just been sitting there going mm-hmm. some point i'm gonna have to say something yeah. i don't know when and i don't know what but at some point because he's just gonna make me sit here until <laughs> the yeah. conversation opens up but you would you would just sit there with me and let me be quiet until i felt my wall come down and i was able to talk about it mm-hmm so anyway, I kind of remember it. Yeah. And, and you have, and guys, like if you take Madison's Colossus now, it's jam packed. Yeah. It's, a, it's too many people sometimes. So, <laughs> and, and you'll ha- you've had scenarios where you had none one person, or one. no, yeah, no people, one person. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when you have those one scenarios and I know what you're capable of, I'll see it. And I'm like, all right, I got to correct this thing so fast. It's like, yeah. this is not going to work. And I'm like, Madison, I'll see you tomorrow at seven, whatever. You know it's coming hard when it's just a random appointment time. Yeah. When you it's text like, me, you're like, hey, I'll see you tomorrow at 7.15. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, gosh. <laughs> this is going to be real. Yeah. And a lot of times I just play out the stats. Three months ago, you had X amount of people. Two months ago, it went to this. Now you have constant one people in your class. What's going on? Yep. 10 minutes. Of right? silence. <laughs> 10 minutes of silence. <laughs> and uh, I'm playing that back and I, you, you, like you're tense. It's not, it's not like, it's not rocket science that you can tell you're in a bad place. Yeah. I'm pretty easy so, to read. Another thing is you see, you see that, you see that with your client, you see that with, with your, it could be your relationship. Yeah. I went into that knowing that I'm going to get dumped on. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I got to work out super hard. I got to do my meditation. I got to do this. I got to like everything, hard self-care. Because I know what, how much energy it's going to take for me to get this girl to be what she needs to be. Yeah. And I don't think people realize the type of work you have to do before you have a hard conversation. Because you got to hold yourself like so steady. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is partly why and one of the reasons why I want to do this podcast is to show how much work goes before the actual work starts. Yeah. Because I can't be breaking down with you. No. It's not going to work. No. It's just a, that's a, that's a, ah, man, that's just like nothing gets fixed from two people are hurting at the same time. No. And can I add something in here? Yeah. So one thing that 
I had just I brought up and now I'm realizing what it is. But one thing yeah. that you're really good at is giving space, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, Nick and James and Tara are all phenomenal at allowing space for people. Mm-hmm. So like when I have to sit there in silence, you don't break the silence. You just give me space to feel it. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking about needing energy, I feel like you need more energy to allow someone's silence and space than you do to have a conversation. Exactly. Because you have to it's give. True, yeah. The whole time we're sitting here having this conversation, if I shut down, mm-hmm. you literally have to sit there and you just have to give me your energy. You're like, until she speaks, this is all I can do. Until yeah. she speaks, this is all I can do is just give her energy to give her the whatever words or thoughts or energy that she needs yeah. to be able to speak what's inside of her. And mm-hmm. so it's this like speakless moment of you just, energy, yeah. yeah, of you just feeding me yeah. what I need to get through whatever I'm going through. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's kind of a missed opportunity for most people that go into hard conversations is they, they think talking more. yeah and they think that they need to fill the space and i do this too like i'm still working on allowing space for people and i can when i do it i'm really proud of myself but i mm-hmm. catch it when i don't right um but it's giving them that space to allow themselves to think mm-hmm. so that their next thought that they have is what something that's organic in them and not because you fed them an answer through something that you said mm-hmm. Right, because that that gives people the steps. Like they can sit there and just think through, and it gives them their own answers for what's going on. Yeah. In most conversations, you really you ask questions, but then you really don't need to say much. But the energy mm. just comes from the fact that you have to sit in a room with someone whose energy is so low. You need to have that energy to help feed them, to help them get through that conversation for themselves. That's where they have that breakthrough. Yes. Right? Yeah, I think that's like one of the things. I think I didn't have that in the past. I think so the coaches that I've had, like the hard conversations seem so effortless for me because I just do hard all the time. Yeah. So here's one of the cool things about hard conversations. When you do it enough, it becomes easy. Yeah. And you know you're going the right path when you're so tense going into this conversation, you should do it. Because now like I have the hard conversation, I'm like, I'll see you. I'll like, I just call you. Mm-hmm. It's not even like I'm not even gonna let it sit. She, I know she can handle it, and and eventually, when it's easy for one person, it becomes easy. The whole process becomes easy. Yeah, and that's where magic happens because now you have feedback, feedback, feedback loop. Yep, and then just improvement happening all the time, and then you have yourself a monster, and then we have a different hard conversation where like you're too busy. Yeah, and you're sloppy. Right? Mm-hmm. And I said that to you before. Oh, yeah. I was like, you're busy, but you're sloppy. You yep. need to work on this. Right? So it's like now, and, and instead of have, having these hard conversations in months apart, we're having it like one a week. Yeah. And, and it's short not even and hard. sweet. Yeah, it's not even hard anymore. And I think when you have enough conversations, enough hard conversations with people, it's mm-hmm. just like in sales, right? Um, when mm-hmm. people give you objections, you now know because it's second nature to you. You hear all the objections all the time. It's easy for you to get through it. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as you get into a hard conversation, you know the kind of person that is going to come into that conversation pretty quick by the first one or two words out of their mouth. Mm-hmm. Or even as soon as you walk in the room because you can feel in the room what it's going to be like. Right. And you already know how to have that conversation with someone based on how you feel when you walk in the room. Yeah. I mean, that's I've had you know conversations with people – 
about, um, cause I know Nick had did a whole podcast on energy, but mm-hmm. having the conversation with people about like energy is a real thing is if you walk into a room and you automatically tense up, chances are the energy in the room is tense. If you walk into a room and you automatically feel relaxed. Yeah. So it's like, if you're walking into a room for a hard conversation, the person's already in there and you go like this, you're like, oh, we already know how this conversation is going to start. Yeah. So how can I come into this conversation in a way that will relax the room? How we'll can balance we leave? It out, right? Yeah, like how can mm-hmm. we both leave this conversation, hopefully with shoulders away from our ears? Or if it needs to be a tense conversation, how can I guide this conversation so that the intensity is not going to be overwhelming to the entire conversation so that we can still talk and not attack? Yes. Yeah. It's so good. That's like a really practical nugget that you shared there. Mm-hmm. Go in, go in knowing where your body is in yep. the moment, and if you can drop the shoulder, relax, and have the conversation, it's it's going to be a gateway to a really really productive conversation. Yeah, because I think if you do double tense, it's oh man, it's uh, it's borderline fistfights. Yes, yeah, right. So it's like, and I've been there. Yep, you come in tense with another guy, and you're giving them hard conversations. It just never works out. Yep. And I think a lot of times I it's easier for me to have hard conversations with the guys. It's because they're already dropped. They're like, like whatever. I'm fight. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so easy. And uh I think it's so it's so different when but here's what's cool. I don't treat you any differently than my guys. No. I att- in fact I, I probably attack you even more. Yeah. Which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't hold back. So in the past I would hold back. Mm-hmm. And I like I I find it really interesting that you're I've had plenty of female trainers. Plenty of female trainers. And that you can maybe speak on this because I can't. Like, why do you think that you've stuck around as a female? Cause I'm trying to figure it out. How can I yeah. keep because female trainers bring this beauty in training. Yeah. Bring this connection that that you can't do with yeah. with Nick and I. Yeah. Right. Or James or Corey. Why do you what like what's what is so different? That's a hard one. That is a hard one because I think everybody's a little different. I mean, we can mm-hmm. go to like the science side of this with the whole idea of like emotions and hormones and all that. Um, yeah. But I really think it's just based on – Because I want to replay it. I want to like – I, I want to create a thesis around us like how do I keep more female trainers? I think it's exactly how you started with me and built with me throughout time Mm -hmm. where you started our conversations off kind compliment sandwich started Mm -hmm. to build our relationship got a little bit more difficult and then when we started to really have a connection with coat like with each other as coaches you were able to start kind of building the conversation and being harder with it Mm -hmm. um but the other thing is it comes a lot from the kind of person that i am Mm -hmm. i don't let myself break down because of what someone said to me or about me. Mm -hmm. Um, And that goes back to what we originally had talked about at the very beginning where I like, I like to grow. Growing and changing is like an addiction for me. Mm -hmm. I love to learn new things and I love it when people point things out about me that I can change because I know like one of the worst lines like a line that irks me to my soul when people say it mm-hmm. is like, that's just me. Like I can't change. Oh, and yeah. I want to throw books at people when people say that. 
Because mm-hmm. I'm like, if you really wanted to be a different person, you could change. But it takes effort. And you mm-hmm. have to be willing to be okay with people saying things to you that you don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of females have difficulty with that. Identity side. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. it really is. And I mean, that's just in general, right? I mean, women in general have a very hard time with identity because of what we're fed with constantly. Culturally. Yeah. Makeup. Yeah. Looking like, skinny. Yep. Like you have to look a certain way. You have to act a certain way. And mm-hmm. so then we put our walls up for things and we try to constantly defend ourselves, which isn't a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to growth, you have to be willing to be a little attacked mm-hmm. with the knowledge that I'm not actually getting attacked. I'm getting lifted, yeah. right? Like the words that you say aren't there to beat me down. They're to put stacks underneath my feet to slowly get me to move up. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's really, that's a big deal around that with females. Yeah. Um, it's hard when, I mean, I feel like like there's healthy boundaries and there's unhealthy boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. There's healthy ways to feel about yourself and there's unhealthy ways to feel about yourself. Um, and then I think that women tend to feel like they have to put up more boundaries so that when you push one of their boundaries, it's, God, I don't even know how to say this. It's like they, they create a boundary, not because they think that it's what's best for them. They create a boundary because they don't want to be uncomfortable in a situation. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does. Um, so like you and I having a conversation and you saying something to me that I take offense to, mm-hmm. right? Instead of just being like, why am I taking offense to this? I automatically put a wall up and say, that's a boundary that you're crossing. Yeah. Right? Um, and I think that we just, as females, tend to put up more of those quote unquote boundaries. boundaries. Um, and I think a lot of it too comes from the fact of how we think. Because mm-hmm. if you... If you talk to anybody that knows the difference between males and females, one thing that I consistently hear all the time is men have more of a thought process of like a file cabinet. Yeah. Right? So like when I'm in a space, like if I'm at the gym, all I'm thinking about is the things that are at the gym. When I have a client, all I'm thinking about is this client. Right? And then then when I'm done with them, I can put it away and open up the next folder. Right? Mm -hmm. Like I can go back home to my wife and I can open up my wife folder. Now I'm with my wife and my son. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, women think about everything all at once, everything everywhere all at once. Have you heard mm-hmm. of that movie before? Mm-hmm. That's that's how we think. And mm-hmm. so when you say something, it may not irk me in a way of in this moment, mm-hmm. but maybe it relates to something that happened to me five years ago and now I'm triggered. Yeah. Right? I hate using that word, but I feel yeah. like it's a very w- good word for where we're at right now. It's like you have a converse, you have an argument with your husband and you bring up something that was five years yeah, ago. Yeah, from five like, years ago. Yeah. When did I do that? He was like, it was five years ago. It was May 31st at seven o'clock PM. Exactly. You did this. You did this. And you said like, this. And you're over here like, okay, let me go through my file cabinet really quick yeah. and find out what you're saying because I don't remember that at all. Exactly. Right? Um, and so I think that's another thing too is the way that you talk to women, you have mm-hmm. to understand that we see things from a whole world, yeah. everything that's happened in my life perspective, mm-hmm. right? And I'm that way too. Yeah. But the difference for me and why I stuck around is because instead of being triggered and finding offense to things, I looked at it as why am I feeling triggered and why am I feeling offended by this? Mm-hmm. It's not an automatic of I feel this, so I'm going to pull back and we're done. It's wh- I feel this, so I'm going to pull back and then I'm going to ask myself why, mm-hmm. right? Like I even conversations with Taylor, especially lately, like we'll have hard conversations and I have to leave. 
Like I'll tell him, pause. I can't have any more of this conversation right now. I need a few minutes. Mm -hmm. And I'll leave the room and then I'll come back, Mm -hmm. right? Because whatever he said irked me or triggered me in a way that made me feel a way that I have to now go ask myself why. And if he keeps still, you know, if he's still talking to me while I'm trying to process it, now I can't hear anything he's saying. I'm just going to get more mad, Mm. right? And so I think that's something too that's kind of related to it is- space. Yeah, we need to process things differently than the way that guys process things. It's true. So I don't know if that helps you at all, but I think that there's a bunch of little little nuggets in there, just from a female's perspective, because I can can physically feel Mm -hmm. why women coaches and trainers haven't stayed. Yeah. Because I know what it feels like. Because there have been times where you have said something, and I'm like, I could really get mad about this right now and just leave and be done. Like, I don't have to hear this anymore if I don't want to hear this. Yeah. But then I ask myself why. Mm-hmm. Why do I feel that way about what he just said? I think the underlining thing is I think you, you've you known me for so long. Yeah. Before I had a hard conversation, I think it was more kindness. Yep. Kindness when you were first just an athlete and just sincerely caring about what you do and what you teach. And you're like, dude, I'm just frustrated being a teacher. Yep. You know, I never coached you once. And I think for some of the the newer ones that I've lost – I went into hard conversation maybe too fast, too soon. Mm-hmm. And for those of you guys that are trying to train and, and, and capture this demographic of trainers, because I think they're, dude, I can't, there's there's certain things I just can't connect with. Yeah. Right? So I think understanding that that might be the strategy, get to know these people, get to know that you love them for who they are and you're trying to do what's best for them. Yep. And then smash that hard conversation, but do it in a way that's kind of kind at first and build build it. Build a relationship. Like maybe it's a semi-hard conversation mm-hmm. and then do that for a while until you go full on like, hey, you're trash. Yeah. Right? I think that's like, it's interesting because there's some guys that are, are very similar that, that might take that long too. Yeah. But I'm trying to like find that because yeah. I could have done a lot of those things a lot better. So. Yeah. Well, sure. that's, and I think too- just in general, because um, I just finished, I'm just finishing now reading the book called The New Earth mm-hmm. by Eckhart, either Tolle or Toll. Eckhart Tolle, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's really forced me to look at my ego mm-hmm. um, in different ways. Mm-hmm. So, because I'll feel it. Like, I don't know. Have you ever like sat and felt your ego? Have you yeah. ever done that before? It's the character you're playing. Yeah, and it's yeah. – so, like, for me, it, when I get into a situation where I'm challenged and my ego flares, mm-hmm. I feel it in my chest. Yeah. And it's almost like a word vomit that wants to come out. Mm-hmm. Like, it wants to explode out of my mouth. Um, and for the longest time, I didn't know that that's what it was because mm-hmm. I would get defensive and I would just want to speak to the defensive. Mm-hmm. But all it is is that part of my ego that wants to come out and speak for me. Um. And I think with our hard conversations, there was many times where I had no control over it and it would just come out. And over time, I've gotten better at understanding it and feeling it and knowing what it is. Um, but that's, I feel like that's a, the biggest wall that you can get in any hard conversation ever. It's the ego. Is understanding it. Understanding your ego and understanding yeah. like, and that's, that's why I keep coming back to like, I keep asking questions. It's because it's not me. Mm-hmm. I'm not feeling this way because it's a part of me. I'm feeling this way because it's triggered my ego to react in a way. Mm-hmm. 
But the question is like, why is it reacting that way? And yeah. so for anybody, whether it's a female or a male or whoever that comes into the gym that wants to coach, mm -hmm. the question that I have for them is, do you understand your ego? When you feel like you want to be on the defense, when you feel like you want to be on the offense and put your walls up and tell someone that they're wrong, mm -hmm. why? Have you ever asked yourself that? Have you ever been curious about that? Mm -hmm. Like I trained a guy for a while, um, like life coaching training. Mm -hmm. And I had him do that. And I asked him, like, where do you feel your ego? And his was in his hands. Oh, Immediately yeah. when he would get defensive, his hands would fist up. And yeah. he would feel red hot heat. Wow. So everyone is different. But until you can ask yourself, like, where is this coming from? And what am I feeling? Mine is right here. You're going to be a reaction. You feel it right in the middle of your forehead. So if I, like, just do this, I chill out. You can chill out a little bit. That's cool. Yeah. So That's... I might get Botox. Oh, God, stop. I'm just kidding. You would look amazing <laughs> with no facial I'm expression. I'm just going to be like this. <laughs> Okay. But that's yeah. that's like my little piece of advice to people is before you go into hard conversations, learn about where you feel your ego, when you feel it, and why. Because mm -hmm. it's not a bad thing. There's a reason why we have one. But can you create a better relationship where you're not exploding on people when mm -hmm. you're in hard conversations? It is. I think that just sums it up. Why, why it makes it so difficult because it's breaking a character that you've spent all your whole life building. Yes. And ego gets a bad rap, but it's just the character you are currently playing that is serving the particular role. Yep. And the the best way I always tell people, if you're a big gamer, there's different types of like RPGs, role-playing games. Yeah. You know, there's the wizard, there's a warrior, there's like an elf with, with arrows. Each one of those has strengths and weaknesses. And a hard conversation will expose is like to the archers, like you have no defenses. I can just come up and just slash you up, right? And you're yeah. like, no, you can't. That's not true. But you have no armor. Yeah. You know, and I think that's, that is like my way I describe people what ego is. Like, I love that. You're the, you're the person that's playing the controller. That's consciousness. Yeah. That's the universe. That's God, right? And then you have the character. That's the avatar. That's ego. And then someone's pointing out, it's like, you can't win the next level boss because you don't have this particular attribute yep. or you don't have this particular person in your team that can handle all the damage while you do the the damage from afar mm -hmm. and that's and that's what makes it so hard for people to to have those conversations and if you ever feel like it's a hard conversation it's because it's attacking that inner character you created yeah. and spent all your time there's nothing wrong with that character that character has strengths and that character has weaknesses mm -hmm. But a coach will be able to see that and be like, wait, you said you wanted to get to the final boss. I'm going to have this hard conversation and tell you why you're not getting to the final boss. And that's where I'm coming from. Yeah. And so, it's like, and what if I told you that there is no such thing as a hard conversation and you just create it in your mind as being hard? Yeah. Because that's all that that's literally what your ego does is it takes the conversation and it decides oh, this is a hard conversation because now I'm being challenged. But in reality, it's just a conversation. Yeah. It's just how you depict it. Mm -hmm. If it's a hard conversation for you, then it's a hard conversation. But you and I can now sit down and have a quote-unquote hard conversation, and it's not hard. It's so not why hard. do we call it hard? It's hard for the coach too because for me, I love people. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not the coach that, 
grabs the clipboard, snaps it, throws a chair in front <laughs> and starts like yelling. Yeah. You know? So I think I think that also attacks the ego in you mm-hmm. until until it becomes you. Yep. That's why it's not that hard for me anymore because I'm that coach now. Because hard um, conversations aren't necessarily hard. It's not. It's no, not, no especially more. when you yeah. get used to it. But I think that that's, that's a whole – maybe we have a whole other conversation about that, mm-hmm. about how you even see a conversation. Like why does a conversation ever have to be hard? Like our quote-unquote hard conversations now, I get excited for. They're not hard anymore. They're fun. Yeah. Because even I, even though I know that if I walk into that room, I have a potential of getting mad at you or crying yeah. or whatever, I know that we're going to level up by the time I leave that room. Yeah. So now it's a fun conversation because even though I go through all of my emotions all in you know, 20, 30 minutes, mm-hmm. when I leave, both of us are better. Mm-hmm. So it's at that point, it would not be – I wouldn't call it hard. I'd call it fun. Exactly. Like that's what our hard conversations are now. It's just growth. It is. Like we're just building now. And I think you summed up the definition of happiness for me. Having a sincere love for every single human emotion and accepting it, not only accepting it, but loving it. Yeah. Accepting is the gateway for it. Like this Mm -hmm. is necessary. But then when you start to love it, it really just changes the game. It's easy for us to love the pain underneath the barbell when we're squatting because our legs are growing and our arms are growing. But then when it comes to emotion and hard conversations, it's really hard. But you've been under the reps under me 307 trillion times of hard conversations yeah. that you know the advantages and the benefits that you're like, I love it because I know I up level. Mm-hmm. I know I gain a new skill. I know our connections are larger because of it, even though we're so mad. Yeah. And I think that's like, that's like, geez, if you can replay that. That is the definition of pure joy and happiness for me is accepting every single emotion, one, but eventually loving it. Yes. Which but, is, I mean, we're, yeah. we're human. Mm-hmm. We're human, and so we're going to feel human emotions. Mm-hmm. And I think once you start to, like you're saying, have acceptance for every human emotion, because mm-hmm. we'll have people come in and they have – I mean, it's like if you meet someone at a store and you see them for five seconds and they're yelling at the cashier and you're like, wow, that person has an angry life. Mm-hmm. How do you know that? You don't know. Yeah. Right? Like it's it's the fact that we allow each other to have human emotions and go through them and we see them as being human emotions. So like now when we have conversations with people and they turn around and, you know, attack us. Yeah. Um, We don't see it as being attacked. We see it as they're going through something. Mm -hmm. Whatever they need to go through, they need to be able to go through it because they're a human being and they can have this emotion. They can be angry. They can be frustrated. And it doesn't have to be because of me, Mm -hmm. right? We're not stuck in that circle anymore of feeling like because you reacted a certain way towards me, it's because of me. So you're attacking me. Mm-hmm. No, it's the understanding of their emotion in a way where when they go through something, they're allowed to go through it and it doesn't have to be about me because mm-hmm. 99% of the time, it's not about you. Yeah, It's other things that are going on in their life that they can or cannot control that's created a space for them that when you say a certain thing, they feel a certain way mm-hmm. and it's not about you. It's not. No. Like when we have those conversations and you say things to me, which now, you know, Sometimes can be more like an attack, but I know that it's just because you're trying to get it out there right mm-hmm. away. When I say things back to you, I know that you're not sitting there like, oh, gosh, she hates me. I'm mm-hmm. the worst ever. Like, I cannot believe she has said that to me. That makes me feel like a horrible human being because you know that that's not where it's coming from. Yeah. And on top of that, you also know, which, you know, together we have grown through this, 
that we control the way that we feel about things. Yeah. So I can never look at you and say, you pissed me off. Mm-hmm. You made me mad. Because we yeah. know that I'm the only person that controls my emotions. Right. So I reacted in a way where I became angry and I reacted in a way where I got pissed off. Mm-hmm. But it has nothing to do with you. I didn't have to have that emotion. Mm-hmm. So when you're having a conversation with someone and they start reacting back to you and they start saying like, you made me mad, you made me angry, you don't have to sit there and you know, tell them, well, no, it's you know, you're in control of your emotions. But mm-hmm. it's understanding for yourself, knowing I didn't make them angry, I didn't make them mad. They're just going through an emotion right now because of other things that we can't control right now in the situation. And so mm-hmm. they're allowing themselves to react in that way. Mm-hmm. And then now you and I don't have to feel like, horrible, disgusting people because they're spewing mean things to us. <laughs> yeah, this is why your classes get large. This is why it gets large. This is the secret to growing your classes because at the end of the day, these people are broken. Yeah. These people are anxious. These people are angry. These people are depressed. They're stressed. They're stressed. And then you go and they tell you something. You know, it could be something directly towards you or it could be directly towards somebody else. And you just smile and you're like, yeah, right? Isn't that... You'll come often sometimes. You're like, I'm so anxious. And I was like, isn't that great? Yeah. And you're like, what are you talking about? I always hated it when you said that. I was like, isn't it great? I have so much anxiety. You're like, oh, hey, cool. Uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> and then you're like, what are you talking about? And it's very diffusing. Yeah. And it reduces the intensity of the emotion because now you're like, it's okay. I'm like, yeah. It's okay to be mad at me. Like, it's okay. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think it allows the people to just relax and be yeah. in your presence. And and if if I felt like it was an attack, this is how you start to repel people. Yeah. And the secret to why you're growing classes is not just because you're competent. It's because you're so able to really love these people and know that you're not that big of a deal. I think I've said that to you a hundred times. I was like, Madison, you're not that big of a deal. No one no. Really cares. Yeah, no. Right? And, uh, and and it took you a long time to understand that, but now it's like, I'm not that big of a deal. That this person's whole anger situation is because of me. Yeah. And it really just, it, it creates this aura. Yeah. It's very attractive to for people to be like, I can't control this person. This person's happy regardless if I yell at them or not. And I think that's like, that's what I want to encapsulate on how to become more effective and be attractive to people because at the end of the day you want to impact people yeah and that's one way you do it well it's that's building building your building your self-love and your self-care mm-hmm. and then cr- being able to create space around people so they can feel what they feel without you having to feel like you have to react how they feel exactly okay yeah. we got to sum this up i okay. think i think you might beat james's record it was like 37 hours <laughs> we're always joking it hasn't been don't, that long no, has always, it <laughs> yeah i was telling my wife i was like how long is james's episode i think it was at least 36 hours it was an, <laughs> well, it was an hour and 50 i think it was an total. hour and 50. yeah but he but he's, he's fun talking to oh so it's gosh, like we great. can get into these long talks with james yeah um but let's sum this up because the last question is like okay if okay. you were to have one value trait habit best practice that makes a coach extremely dangerous in terms of being super effective what stands out to you hmm i want to say one that i think has already been said so i'll say that one first but then i'll pick a different one and elaborate on it 
Mm-hmm. So the, f- the first one is just self-care. Mm-hmm. So if you can take care of yourself and you can take care of others. Um, I would think both James and Nick brought this up with the whole idea of you can't, you cannot give from an empty cup. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to be able to impact the majority of people, you have to be able to have a full cup and have that self-care. Um, but a different one I would say that's kind of relates to, to where we're at now mm-hmm. is understanding and creating a much better relationship with your ego. So that way you have the ability to ask the questions, to be curious, to grow, um, because it can be a blockage for people so when good. it comes to learning and being open and understanding. So that's, for me, I think that that's one of the... Who are you? Yeah. Like, under, are you yeah. like saying like understanding who you are mm-hmm. as a person? Yeah. Like you need to be able to understand that. You need to be able to, if you want to be the best coach that you can be, you have to have your ego put aside so that you can be open to learning new things and new experiences. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to like take in everything that people tell you. Yeah. Because if you kind of push the ego to the side, then it also allows you to understand what you want to take in and what you don't want to take in. To build that ego. Yeah. In a way that it can serve people. Correct. That's that's so good, Madison, because it's like, how can you build relationships with other people when you don't even know yourself? Yeah. When you don't have any kind of relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. If you don't understand your like your darkest corners of your soul. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think that that's something that misses. Most people don't have that. They don't want to deal with themselves. They don't want to ask themselves the hard questions. They don't want to look in the mirror and understand that there's a lot of shit inside that I need mm-hmm. to go through and sort through, and I'm not willing to do it. Oh, my gosh. Like, that's that's dark, and I don't think that enough people want to do that. Um, and Let's I've see. done it a few times, and there's been lots of crying over, um, what mm-hmm. are they called, our little – journals well journaling but the thought download oh yeah because when you do a thought download dark things come out mm-hmm. um and i think that is a very powerful tool to start to really understand every corner of your mind mm-hmm. is just taking a pen of paper anything that comes into your brain you write it down i think the longest one i did was three pages because mm-hmm. my thoughts just didn't stop coming And you read over that and you would think that I was a bipolar, psychotic, break, schizophrenic person Mm -hmm. with how much my mind and my thoughts jumped back and forth and positive to negative from dark to light, Mm -hmm. from I'm crying to I'm laughing, from I'm angry to I'm happy. And once you do that and you really start- Yeah. And that's there's even been some where I've done them and Mm -hmm. I've just ripped them up and thrown them away. I didn't read back through them because I'm like- So frustrated. I didn't need this. Mm -hmm. Like I don't need this back inside of me. I Mm -hmm. needed it out and that's all all I asked for was to get it out of me. Mm. And once you do that, once you can really get into your corners and understand the person that you are and you can flush out those thoughts that have been stuck in, like people that can't sleep- the first thing I tell them to do is you have to do a thought download. Just write everything that's on your Every head. single thing that comes to your head, you need to write down. I don't care if it's the scariest thing in the world. I don't care if it's the darkest thought that you've ever had. You have got to get it out on paper mm-hmm. before you can understand what's going on and why. <sighs> Period. Jeez. So if you want to be the best coach that you can be, you have got to create that relationship with yourself and you have to dig deep into the dark corners of your mind. You have to. You have to know the person that you are. I love it. I want to sum what you just said there. 
because it's going to sum up to the big topic that, that we were talking about. Yeah. But if you guys want to have hard conversations with people, you got to have the hardest one first. And that's talking to yourself. Yes. And then seeing yourself and seeing your thoughts and seeing how dark it is and how light it is and how off it is. And then question it and attack it for yourself. You have to attack your own self. Oh my gosh. So many times. <laughs> yeah. So many times. And then you're like, wait. And then you build, you can build the reps and energy through just doing that. Because mm -hmm. some of my hardest conversations are not with you. It's with myself. Yep. And I think that's like the biggest action plan that someone can have. That's a, co that's a, that's a coach that's trying to include this skill set is to first address you. Yep. Address like what am I deep? What what what's my dark side? What's my light side? What everything, and then poke holes at it. Is yep. it me? Is before it somebody you, else? Well, it, before you have any hard conversations, you have to have the hard conversation with yourself. Hmm. You have to, otherwise you're not going to see any growth. You're just going to be stuck. There's not much it. that you can do about it. <laughs> mm, guys, too many nugget bombs there. So really quick, where can people find you? If they can find you, oh, they can, oh, yeah, just just social, just Instagram, yeah. I'm on Instagram. Belmondo Lifestyle is my workout page. Okay, um, that's the one that I use for, yeah, that stuff. And you can follow her at Nevada Fitness. She's in everywhere. Yes. So, and she's actually like, she's in more reels than I am. Okay, stop. A lot of times, <laughs> she's the one take shake person. It takes me twenty shots. It takes her one. So, yeah. so guys, if you like this episode and you're ready to have some of those hard conversation, make sure to share it with someone, subscribe to it, 